Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Well, praise God. Another glorious day today. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Daryl Boucher. This is Wisdom and Stuff Podcast, and we're going to be going over something that we've been we've been hitting on the last several days. We've been talking about belief, and uh, Jesus said that if we can believe, then all things are possible, those that believe. Believe is a supernatural doorway into the impossible, and, uh, and it's also inherently on the inside of us. We are equipped, and we are designed to believe. This is our, our inherent nature is to believe. Children believe just just naturally. They believe you know, what you tell them. They believe you know what they you know what, what their parents say. Those believe because it's it's in our nature to believe. And we get talked out of belief. You know when we get older. We get more cynical. We get more uh, discerning of different things, um, but but mostly we we shut down our ability to believe, and uh, and so we have to reactivate that. We have to we have to re reenergize our inherent belief system. And Jesus says, when we do that, then anything is possible. You know, He literally says, you know, um, uh, it, it just telling to, talking to to the man in Mark chapter nine that when his son was was demon possessed, he says, listen, if you can believe, anything is possible possible to those who believe. Even if something's been there for a long time, he's talking to a guy that that his son has been demon-possessed for a long time, and he's like, listen, if you can believe, it's not too late. It's not too late to change the situation. Simply change the belief. It's not. You don't have to come against all kinds of stuff. You don't have to build a great skill set up. You don't even have to get more spiritual. It's simply about activating belief. Belief is what allows God's power to flow in the earth. So, with this, um, I did want to, to go back to the account of this this man and his son, and uh, and but this is going to be in Matthew's uh, rendition of it because there's something that's pointed out here in Matthew that that is not pointed out in Mark, even though they go hand in hand. And so after Jesus has rebuked the devil, in verse 18 it says he rebuked the devil, he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then verse 19 says that then the disciples came to Jesus apart and said, "Why could we not cast him out?" Now I love this. Now first of all, the disciples. This was not. This was not the first guy. You know that that had come to him. In other words, the disciples had already been sent out. They'd already been laying hands on the sick and seeing him recover. They already had many many testimonies of the devil being cast out of people. Uh, you know, by, by them just just using the name of Jesus. And so they they had seen success over and over again in these areas. And so they're at this place right now where they're going. Listen, we we've seen this before, but why why couldn't we cast this one out? And I love this because. Because that means that they had an expectation of victory here. They had an expectation of them speaking the name of Jesus, you know, uh, telling the devil to come out, and they had an expectation of it happening, but it didn't happen. And so I love this so much because their expectation had now shifted in their walk with Jesus, where before it was Jesus who did the miracles and they were the ones who observed the miracles being done. It was Jesus who did things and they were the recipients of those things or they were the observers of those things or they were the ones who just praised God for those things happening. But now their relationship with miracles has changed. Now their relationship with miracles is they expect them to be done. This is a great 
place to be right here because they are literally at a place where we're going, we just don't know why it didn't happen. We expected it to happen. We, we, we understand that our role with miracles is different than it was when Jesus first came on the scene because now we know we're supposed to be able to speak and things happen. And so the disciples are at an amazing point where where they've shifted their expectation. And and for us, we need to challenge this. We need to challenge our expectation. Are we expecting for, uh, you know, just somebody else to come along and do the works of God? Are we expecting somebody else to come along and raise the dead or or, or, or lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Are we expecting to go to meetings and see this done? Or are we expecting to do it ourselves? Are we placing an expectation upon our DNA to step up in these things? And the disciples, they're not born again yet. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit yet. They haven't had their sins paid for yet, but they changed their relationship to miracles, to the devil, to lack, to sickness and disease, and they changed this. They, they, they had to make a decision to change these things without, um, I mean, they had Jesus in their life, obviously, day-to-day in their life, but they hadn't had, uh, Jesus hadn't breathed on them and received the Holy Spirit yet. He hadn't, uh, you know, they, they hadn't uh, gotten born again. And yet they hadn't had these. They hadn't had giant encounters of power coming from Jesus. He simply said, "Go and 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 in my name cast out devils," and, and they just did it. And so we just need to start doing it. We need to we need to put a demand on the thing that that Jesus says is on the inside of us and change our expectation in our role with miracles, in our role with the enemy, in our role with sickness and disease, in our role with lack, in our role with anything that the enemy tries to do. We have authority over those things, and we exercise that authority by by laying hands on the sick, by speaking to things. So anyway, the first thing here is that the disciples had changed their relationship to these things to the point where they expected it and it didn't happen. And so they were shocked when it didn't happen. I love that. They were shocked when it didn't happen. They weren't they weren't being, they weren't like, well, you know, I guess sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't happen. I guess God will deliver some, but maybe he won't deliver others. Or, you know, they didn't have a whole list of things in the back of their mind that disqualified them from, from this happening. They were shocked it didn't happen. This is how we we should be. We should. We should have such an expectation that when it doesn't happen, we're like, "Wait a minute, this something's not right." Because we know that naturally we're supposed to be doing these things. And so, I just wanted to just fire you up, man. Let's just begin to change our expectation. Do we expect the blessing of God not just to flow to us, but to flow through us? Do we expect people to be saved, delivered, set free through our words and through the laying on of our hands and through the preaching of the gospel out of our mouth? Do we expect fruit? in every season like Jesus said we would have do we expect these things or are we are we surprised when they happen you know are we on the other side of it going whoa it actually worked uh well we need to change that so uh but anyway so here are the disciples they're like they're like why couldn't we cast them out and Jesus makes a point here verse 20 Jesus says to them because of your unbelief for verily I say unto you if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed you shall speak to the mountain and say remove hence and be to yonder place and it shall be removed and nothing will be impossible unto you. Now, and then he says, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. So now, whether or not, you know, and I'm not going to get into this right now, but I mean, obviously, whether or not he was talking about when he said this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting, uh, some believe that he was talking about this certain demonic spirit, and some believe he was talking about the unbelief that they were walking in. 
Um, I don't know which one he was talking about here. I think I think both can be attributed to to, to certain things. So I'm just saying something. The 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 understanding that we should take away from this is that prayer and fasting changes things. Okay, that's really the 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 point that Jesus is trying to make. He's saying certain things won't change without prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting will change our level of belief, and it will actually change the level of authority we walk in over demo, demonic forces. It doesn't it doesn't change uh, the fact that the devil is defeated. It doesn't doesn't change the fact that that you know he, he when we resist him he will flee. It just changes our role. It changes our understanding. It changes our perception of who we are in certain things when we break off the dependency of the natural realm and actually through prayer and fasting we begin to understand our role in the supernatural realm. But anyway, we're not getting to that today. Uh, but the point of it is here is that it's, he says it's because of your unbelief. Now. This tells me that they had an expectation for something to happen, but yet they were still walking in unbelief. They didn't think they were in unbelief. They thought that they believed God. They thought that they were actually in belief because they expected the right result. And this is a very interesting thing, and I, I encourage you to pray this out because many times we can think we're believing God, and I've seen, you know, I don't know, I'm talking in my own life as well as so many others, who, who said, well, you know, I was believing God, but this just didn't happen. And I'm like, well, no. If I was actually believing God, it would have happened, because all things are possible to those who believe. And so, uh, you know, if Jesus says that they were in unbelief, they were in unbelief. Even if they were to think with everything in them that they were believing God, if Jesus says they were in unbelief, they were in unbelief. So that tells me that, that my expectation is not the all-in-all all when it comes to whether or not I'm believing God, okay? Because they apparently were in unbelief in some area of their heart and life here, or else they would have seen it come to pass. It would have come out easily. So when if Jesus says, I'm in unbelief, then I'm in unbelief. He's not doing it in a condemning way. He's just saying, listen, he goes, if you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, nothing is impossible to you. So apparently... When it came to this situation, they were they had an expectation, but they didn't have belief. So those are two different things, apparently. And and I'm sure at some point in time I'll get into more of that. But I want to talk about belief here because I want us to understand that there's many times when we will say, you know what, I was I was totally believing God. Oh, something was wrong. They, the disciples here, thought they were believing God, but something was wrong. Something was not lining up. Otherwise, it would have happened easily for them. So, so it's not a mark of condemnation to say, "Oh man, I guess I just wasn't in. I wasn't believing God. I guess I wasn't in faith." Well, maybe, but it's easy to make that change. So, what we need to do is we need to realize, okay, just because I have an expectation doesn't mean that that I'm actually believing God, because the disciples prove that right here. Now. What we have to do is begin to discern what what it is that we're actually believing. Um, in in Genesis 15, we read this last time. How it says Abraham he counted the stars. Then it says and he believed the Lord, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Uh, that's a very important point. So many times in the Word of God, it talks about believing God. Um, and what we've done many times though is we begin to try to place our belief on a promise instead of on God Himself. We try to place a belief on an outcome. Like I, th I believe the disciples, that's what they got caught up in here. I don't know for sure, but, but my opinion is they, that, they, that they got caught up in believing in an outcome instead of believing in their relationship with the Father God. And, 
And when we begin to believe in an outcome, what we start doing is we start getting into a formulaic thing where we say, well, if we say this and do this and do this, and this is what's going to happen. So we're believing more in a procedure or in a process or in a, a formula or in a, a, some steps that we take rather than believing in God. It says that Abraham believed in the Lord. He believed in the Lord, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And so we have to place our belief in God, not just in an outcome based on a process that we're walking out. I, I find this to, to be, obviously in my life I've seen it many times, where I've I've... I've had success in areas, just like the disciples. They had success in areas, and instead of holding fast to the relationship that produces the fruit, I begin in I, I begin to trust in the fruit or the process of the growth instead of the relationship. And so, uh, so I'm not walking in actual belief and actual faith. I'm walking in a counterfeit that really is believing in a process rather than believing in God Himself. Um, with us, we need to realize that that belief is intended to be relational. Everything God does is intended to be relational. He doesn't want me to do anything for him. He wants me to do things with him. This is a relationship we have with him. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, He said he was going to give us another comforter called the Holy Spirit that would be with us always, even to the end of the age. And so we understand that God, God's desire is always to be with us not, for us, not for him to give us assignments that we run off and go do by ourselves, and that he just gives us, he just gives us you know, things, oh yeah, here, do this, do this, do this, now go do it all. He wants us to be with us. He wants, he wants to be with us so badly, and that's where our belief, actually thrives. Our belief is designed for relationship. Our belief is designed for oneness with him. You know, it's... it's um uh, the one thing I used to tell people is, is when we're talking about faith, we're talking about belief, we're talking about trust, uh, we, we need to know a few things. We need to know what was promised to us. We need to know the ability of the person who promised us something. But then the third thing and the most, par- and the most important part of it is we need to know the character of the one who promised it to us. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, you can think this however you want, but I remember you know, when I was a teenager, my, my older brother, he's six years older than me. Um, he, uh, he is, you know, he, he didn't always make the greatest decisions in life and he didn't, uh, he didn't necessarily have the greatest track record when it came to, to doing certain things. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I, I learned pretty quick. I was a pretty smart kid. And so I learned pretty quick that, that my brother wasn't always the most integrous person. And, uh, and I remember, you know, we, we, for a while there, we worked at the same job. We worked at a plywood mill in Astoria, Oregon. And, um, and we worked the same, basically the same days, same hours, basically. Uh, we carpooled together different things. But um, so I knew what he got paid. He got paid the same as I did. He got paid the same days that I did. And so I just remember there was times when he would say, hey, he goes, can I borrow, you know, like 20 bucks or something? He goes, um, you know, we get paid on Friday. I'll, I'll pay you back, you know, when I get paid. Now, you understand, when when he would say, can I borrow 20 bucks, I, I knew, and he would say, I'll pay you back on, on this day because we're going to get paid this day. Now, so I knew what the prom- the promise was that he was going to give me $20 back. I knew the ability because I knew when he got paid, I knew how much he got paid because he, he got paid basically the same amount as I did. And so I knew the promise. I knew, I knew, there was, I knew the details of the promise was $20. I knew the ability that he had to give me the $20. But I also knew his character, so I knew that I wasn't going to see that $20 again. I knew that he was not asking me for a loan. He was asking me for a gift. That's what he was asking me for. So I knew 
I knew all three that was required. I knew what was promised. I knew the ability of the person who promised it. And I knew the character of the person who promised it. Now you understand which one is the most important of those. It's the character issue. That's the issue. Because you can know everything that, that somebody promises you. You can know their ability to do it. But if you don't if, if you don't trust their their character or if you know their character is not trustworthy, then it's you know it's probably not gonna happen. And so so you 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 literally prepare yourself not to not to get that money back or whatever or if like i said on a, on a lesser note you know if somebody says i'm going to be there i'm going to meet you at a certain time now there are certain people in my life that i know if they say they're going to be there at 10 they'll be there at 10 chances are they're going to be early you know and that's how i am I'm, I'm a punctual guy you know now the thing is though i also know certain people in my life if they say they're going to be there at 10 eh, I, I expect them to be there at 10 15 or 10 30 or whatever right and speak now once again i know that that what's promised i know it's a, it's a certain time i know their ability to get there because i know they have a car i know they have a watch i know all these things but i also know their track record of their character and they're not a person that can be trusted to be on time and so do you understand that, that this is where belief is belief has more to do with knowing the character of the person than it does what was promised or the ability of the person who promised it now, what we have to do is when we actually build our, our faith in God or build our belief in God's word, we have to, we number one, we, we because by design, we are children of God. When we get born again, we have an inherent ability to believe God, just like little kids inherently believe their parents. They do. They don't have a track, track record with their parents, but they just believe their parents. I mean, I remember, you know, when I first started realizing that not everything that my mom said was accurate. I That, that stunned me. You know, I remember... Like coming to that conclusion, going, wait a minute, not everything that my mom said was, was like, was, was the end of all, you know what I'm saying? It's like, cause, cause inherently you believe your parents inherently. We believe God. This is, you're not separated from the power to believe God. It's just, it just has to get reactivated. That's all. It's been buried by a bunch of garbage of the world. So when we, when we come into God, we can make the choice to believe God instantly. It just requires our humility. But we have to believe not just in what he said. We have to believe in his character. His character is going to fuel our belief in everything else. Because uh, if, if I don't believe, if I don't know his character, then I'm going to question whether or not he wants to do it for me, whether or not it's mine uh, because I'm his child, whether or not, um, uh, you know, whether or not, now, now, so we don't usually question God's ability. If you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament is all about big, uh, uh, laying a foundation of God's ability. There is nothing too difficult for God, nothing impossible for God. He doesn't. He does not even think twice about changing the course of nature. Right? I mean, he he's he 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 had the the earth stand still for a whole day for Joshua. He you know he parted the Red Sea for Moses. You know he had fire come down from heaven for Elijah. You know what I'm saying? He 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 had he had it not rained for three and a half years for 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 Elijah. You know this is he's not opposed to doing any of these things. He is so vast. We know he is the creator of the universe. Now, Sometimes we need to we need to meditate uh, as far as get into the word and begin to to focus and meditate on the bigness of God on on how big He is. We need to magnify Him because that's what helps us to to know how, you know, just 
that we're not dealing with just a man on the earth. We're not dealing with some another version of a man or a politician. We're not dealing with a with an earthly king or an earthly president or somebody who just has a lot of power or money. We're talking about God, the almighty God. We need to magnify him. We need to focus and meditate on how big he is. Because when we understand how big he is, then we begin to get a clue as to how big we are. We get to understand our likeness and our image in him. Now, with that... You know, we can we can focus all day on how big he is and how great he is and, and all the things he can do. But if we don't know how how big his love is toward us and his word toward us, then it's then our belief is still going to be very shallow because we're still going to believe how big he is, but we're not going to know it's for us. We're not going to know what that means for our bills and for our life and for our family and our marriage and our children and our our bodies. We're not going to know what it means for our giftings and our callings that he said he would be faithful to complete. Now our his faithfulness is the key to, to everything. And the word says that he he cannot lie. It says in Titus uh, chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 6, it says it is impossible for God to lie. Now, what, what we have to do is begin to begin to meditate on that. If it's impossible for God to lie, if it's impossible for God to lie, now most of us will mentally agree with that. I don't know of a Christian that 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 will not mentally agree with that, but we don't actually believe that. Because if we believed that it's impossible for God to lie, and he told me that he's my shield, he told me he'd be my, my protector, he told me that he would put angels around me lest I dash my foot against a stone, he said that he would, he would supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, if he said that and he it's impossible for him to lie, well then my attitudes toward circumstances would be greatly different if I if 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 I believed that he could not lie. Because this is not just another man saying this. This is God. This is the Almighty God who has all power and all might and all resource and all supply. And and if he says that he's my shield, if he stands between me and the enemy, I would never live another day with an ounce of fear. Ever. Because if he says that that he has healed me and by Jesus stripes I'm healed, and the doctor comes up and says, yeah, but you have this and this and this, there would ever, never be an ounce of fear. Never be an ounce of fear. But the problem is, is that we live in a world surrounded by, by people that that they're not God. That it's possible for people to lie, and and you know just to, here's the, here's the thing I found about myself is that you know I I I tried to to, to speak as as you know integrous as I as I can. I mean I literally try to say it as accurate as I can. Let my yay be yay, my nay nay. I'm a person of my word. You know I I I hold true to what I say. I'm going to do. I I do my absolute best to do these things, but I can't control every variable in the world. So even if, if, if people know me, they know that I'm punctual, right? They know that I'm going to be there on time probably early. Now, the thing is, I will, I will make that happen to the best of my ability, but I can't control everything. And so even if me, who I, when, when I say I'm going to be there on time, man, do I mean it. I mean, I will, I'm not lying about whether or not I'm going to be there on time. I will be there on time, but... If you're hearing me and you and you hear me say I'm going to be there on time, you might agree and say, "Yep, I, I just know. I know Daryl's going to be there on time. He's probably going to be early." But still, there's something in the back of your mind that probably says, "Yeah, but what about what if something happens? 
What what if what if traffic is just so messed up that it, that it holds them back? What if some kind of weird weather thing happens and there's a giant something or other that happens that, that stops him? Or what if an emergency comes up that he has to attend to or something like this? So you understand that even though you might believe me on a certain level and know that I mean what I say, you also know that I can't control every variable, right? So there's still a there's still a percentage there that says, well. We'll see whether or not he shows up on time. You don't doubt that I will. It's just that it's not. It's not like you're you're doubting my word. It's just that you know that I can't control all the variables. And so, even though I am not intending to lie, I don't have the power to make my word comes to come to pass the way that I want to or intend to. I don't have that ability within me because I am a man and I don't have control over the earth. But God, it's impossible for God to lie. And so what I'm saying in this is that we I, I just want to encourage you, begin to allow your heart and your mind to humble yourself to a God that cannot lie. He's the one in whom we believe. My belief is not tied to just something he said, it's tied to him. His, what he said is fueled by him. It's backed by him. Okay, His promise toward me is backed by him. If he said it, then it's already done. It's already done before the foundations of the world. It's already settled before forever in heaven. If he said it, it's already settled forever in heaven. Now, for it to be settled in my heart, I need to begin to focus on what belief really means, where it's settled, and I don't ever, ever, ever question it because I know it's tied to him. And in order to do that, I need to have fellowship with him. I need to actually spend some time with him. I need to actually begin to worship him. I need to actually pray. I need to actually have time with him so that I can begin to know him more. Uh, trusting somebody you don't know is hard to do, but Trusting my father is easy because that's inherently on the inside of me. I just have to unlock that and begin to challenge areas of my life where I think I'm believing, but I'm really not. I don't really have it settled yet because when I have it settled, I wouldn't have the contrary thoughts. I wouldn't even have if it's settled in your heart. If it's settled, if, let's say let's just say healing is settled, right? You just like oh by Jesus stripes I'm healed. Well then, no matter how many doctors on the planet said you're going to die, it wouldn't even phase you. Wouldn't even phase you at all. There would be absolutely no fear, no concern, no worry, no anxiousness, not even a question of what do I need to do or what do I not need to do because it's been settled. It's literally settled forever in heaven. That's what belief is. Belief is where it's settled and you are immovable. There is no way that you will ever move off your position or consider moving because it's settled. That's the belief that God wants us to have. Okay, now he'll make up the difference. Praise God. Like I said, you know, in, in Mark 9, if we say, Lord, help my unbelief, he'll make up the difference for that. Praise God, he's there for that. But he also wants us to grow in our belief so that we can be so resolute that we can we can speak the word of God confidently and know that the things which we say will come to pass because they're based on his word and his authority is backing us up. This is belief. And, and uh, look, we can go on and on about this, but we need to wrap this up for today. But I want to challenge you. Uh, you know, what does it mean? Go, go into your own your own heart, your own thoughts, and begin to ask God. What does it mean to believe? To actually know that God cannot lie. How resolute is your faith when you know He cannot lie? And if if our faith is not resolute, it's because we're questioning His ability to lie. We're questioning His ability to back up His word toward us specifically. And this is easily overcome simply by choosing to humble ourselves to His word and say, Father, my spirit right now knows that you cannot lie. My mind might not get that yet, but my spirit knows it's true. And so I humble myself to your to, to my spirit. I humble myself to your spirit in me, and I just humble myself to truth that makes me free. Truth, the resolution of what is true, makes me free from all anxiety, all fear, all worry, 
And this is what belief does. Belief allows us to walk in a state of resoluteness and conviction, knowing in whom we have believed, knowing that it's God who stands behind us and with us, and he's the greater one on the inside of us. And we are not trusting in just a process. We're trusting in God, and he cannot lie. So praise God. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you just for truth that makes us free. We walk in the fullness of it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.